Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we have a very special guest sitting on our couch today while I struggle to open up this fucking <laughs> bottle of water. Why am I struggling to open a bottle of water? I don't know. I can't help you there. I mean, I, I open enough things for the kids every day. This is like a super tangent right at the beginning of the episode, but I realized the amount of parallels between what mark needs from me and what my kids need for me is overwhelming like he comes home i've been home with the kids all day and they've done nothing but like poke me and touch me and like there's always a human touching me and then i finally get to them, them to bed he hasn't seen me all day and he comes home and he's trying to be like funny and playful and starts poking me and i'm like man why is everybody always poking me men and bo- <laughs> the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys men I and children like it. it's, it's true actually <laughs> well hey everyone it's amanda and We're sitting here today with Jane, another registered massage therapist, and I only met Jane um, not even a full month ago at our last networking event here at Conad Institute, and she um, came all the way here from about an hour, an hour and a half outside of Toronto to come listen to the speakers, and uh, her and I got chatting that night. And she had a really interesting story about becoming a massage therapist. And I immediately said to Mark, this sounds like an under the sheets episode for Mm. our podcast. Under the sheets is good. But out of curiosity, what made you decide to come to that education networking night? Like of of all the ones that we've done, what made you say like, hey, I'm going to come to this one? Uh, That was the first one I was actually aware of. Really? Yeah. Mm. It showed up on my Facebook feed. Okay, you're in Scarborough. That's fine. I've gone as far as Ottawa and I go as far down uh, south as Florida. So this isn't really a stretch to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got back from a road trip to Florida. Nice. How was Dorian? Uh, We actually left, I think, four days before Dorian. A couple days. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like we kind of got out of there just in time. Nice. So it was pretty good. It seems to be our trend every time we go to Florida. Yeah. We are departing like two days before some major hurricane comes into the mix. Yeah. We've got good timing, bad timing. I don't know what to call it. Good timing. timing. Let me know next year when you guys go down. I have in-laws who live there and we've been invited down for a couple of weeks, my partner and I. Oh, right on. So if I'm going down a few days after you leave, we'll meet somewhere else. Like maybe (laughs) Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... I want to throw this right over to Jane to introduce herself. Um, Just tell everybody about you, how long you've been practicing, what kind of practice you have now, and then we'll get into the good stuff. That is the good stuff. (laughs) So uh, I'm Jane, uh, registered massage therapist. Um, I've been registered since August of 2015. I guess technically... This is probably a third career for me. My first career, I was working as a tool and die maker. That didn't pan out, courtesy of allergies, because yay, overactive immune system. It's a wonderful thing. Mm. Uh, Then I worked retail for a bit and decided that since I didn't want to become homicidal and kill people, (laughs) I needed to do something else. That's what retail will do to you, eh? It is. Retail is brutal. It's Mm. absolutely horrible. I've never had a retail job. You're not missing anything. I I had multiple retail jobs, and it was the first time in life that I understood what um, muscle pain was. Standing on those cement floors, like I worked at Old Navy when I was in high school. And at 17 years old, you shouldn't have low back pain. But just standing on those cement floors for eight hour shifts, I would go home and have to put my feet up. I was in pain. So yeah, retail, not for me. Who does Jane remind me of? You have this like dry sense of humor slash sarcasm (laughs) about you that I can't put my finger up, but you remind me of somebody. It'll come to me. Hopefully it's somebody good. I don't know. I don't want to piss you off. You're like homicidal. <laughs> no, I'm not working retail anymore. You're not working retail. Okay, cool. for a very long time. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, after that, I decided to go to university. Uh, originally, my intent was to uh, become a vet. However, I quickly found out that I really like animals. Don't really like people so much. Thank mm. you, retail. <laughs> and um, since, you know, any career that winds you in jail is a bad choice. I can't be a vet. People will never get their animals back. I'd go to jail. Yeah, life sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I did some career counseling and um, I was actually uh, surprised to find uh, that they recommended massage therapy. I'm surprised too. You j- you don't like people. <laughs> I, I should say, I do like people. I don't like humanity in general because of all the cruddy stuff that we tend to do. Okay. But when people I'm actually come together and they do good things, individuals are okay. People as a group generally suck. Yeah. 
I'm with you. We had this whole conversation the other night, actually the podcast that was just put out, I think today, where we talked about um, the idea that we have this endless news cycle now, right? Anytime mm-hmm. you open your phone or any other media, you see something and a uh, majority of it is bad. That's why um, I do own a TV. I don't have cable. I have actually blocked most news sites and news feeds uh, from my phone and computer. And I subscribe to Reddit and all their happy cat and dog memes. <laughs> you really do love animals. Yeah. I do. If something really, uh, I don't really want to say uh, newsworthy, but something near and dear is happening to me, it'll show up in my Facebook groups or somebody will mention it in passing and I can go look it up as I please or not. Okay. So when this uh, career counselor or whatever, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you did it through with a person or a program. What university did you go to and uh, what were you taking at university? Uh, University of Guelph. I was doing a double major in biological sciences and psychology. Ooh, nice. Interesting. You're a nerd like us. (laughs) Nerd like you. You Nerds, nerds, nerds. You are the biggest nerd. Let's be real. Um, When massage therapy was recommended to you, came as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Were you immediately excited and interested or did you have to do some serious research to figure out like, what the hell is this? Serious research. Uh, I grew up in Toronto, uh, a block up from a lovely little club called Jilly's. <laughs> advertised girls, 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 yeah. 24 hour a day girls. Yeah, that was my exposure to massage therapy. Massage. Right. Where's that? That's on Danforth? Broadview, I think. Broadview, yeah. yeah. Broadview. Yeah, Broadview. I mean, I mean... <laughs> And, and I've never been there. I've never no, been no. there. No. It's hard to miss. I mean... I've played at the Danforth Music Hall before. That's kind of... My parents yeah. grew up somewhere around that neighborhood. So it was actually my parents who first told me what Jilly's was. That's the only reason I know. <laughs> I think that place is like a, a nightclub or a restaurant now or something like that. Yeah, but I don't the, think it's but, still Jilly's. But they've kept a lot of the decor inside the place. But you've never been inside the place. No, I've seen people's... <laughs> I've, I've seen people's Instagram pictures. Right, right. I'm going to look this up. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. Actually, I wouldn't mind moseying back and seeing what it looks like now. It can't be the same as what it was. Cause it was a dive. So you, I mean, you didn't have a very positive um, picture of massage therapy. You thought massage being what, unfortunately, some people still think massage is, which is this Adult erotic kind of, yeah. Yeah. So initially you were thinking no fucking way. <laughs> Something like that. I was... When I was surprised, I'm like, why on earth would you want me into adult entertainment? I mean, look at me. I look like something that some guy fantasizes about. No, no, I'm not. I wish that this was like live on TV. <laughs> She's literally like sizing herself up and down. Like, look at me. Look at me. I am not an adult entertainer. But I have twiggy legs. I have a breakfast butt, which means it comes down like a pancake. You got a little sausage roll. Okay, you got like an extra long back. What? No, that's my what Mark, butt. That's what Mark calls his his butt because it's oh, so flat. He oh, calls okay. it just an extra long back. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, extra long with a little whatever. <laughs> anyway, and then obviously you have the torso, which is a giant pear for people who like you know the acidic sense of humor. And I'm kind of fruity at times, so my family tells me. And yeah, there you go. That is not sexy. So you were beast. like, okay, what are you thinking? I am not going to be a masseuse. I guess you were thinking masseuse, sort of, right? Originally, yes. Although I will note that talking with uh, RMTs who've been in the field a lot longer than I have. Yes, masseuse was masseuse the used proper to be term. The proper yes. term. So it feels kind of wrong to use masseuse in a derogatory tor- term. Excuse me. Uh, because it was never intended to be. No, it wasn't. So, but somehow that became a thing. Like massage therapists get super offended when somebody calls them a masseuse or a masseur. Some do, unless you're in Europe. Because, well, France and that, that's what they're called. That's what they're called, yeah. A massage therapist? No, they look at you kind of cross-eyed. So basically, I didn't want to be a twig fluffer. Okay. How's that? Just just for twig fluffer. <laughs> just for the record, Jilly's is now a boutique hotel. Oh, cool. Ooh, what kind of boutique? And I'm my Googling skills are finished. <laughs> Twig fluffer. I like that. (laughs) Twig fluffer. All right. So how did you eventually get sold on this profession since you didn't see it in a very positive light? Well, I wound up dropping out of university um, my third year, mostly because I didn't know what I wanted to do, except that veterinary wasn't going to work out. Um, other jobs that I'd looked at that would be in my field. So usually a lab work, uh, working as an assistant, say in a mortuary uh, or in a morgue. I thought that'd be really cool. They all required a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the lab work that would take a bachelor, I'd have to go to Alberta. And the one company I was talking with at that time, which was 
longer ago than I care to remember. They were offering $12 an hour. Okay. So yeah, that wasn't going to happen. And I was going on OSAP. My debt was stupidly high mm-hmm. and I didn't know how I was going to pay it back, let alone add on another year of debt. So I thought, you know, I'll just take a year or so off, get some of this paid back, figure out what I want to do. I still have time to change my major, so no worries. And yeah, I was out for a very long time. Anyone who wants to take school off, uh, if you think it's going to be a year, it probably is going to be most of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I uh, looked into massage therapy. Um, I actually mentioned it in passing to my family doctor who thought it was a wonderful thing because, hey, there's massage therapists in the basement uh, just across from the blood lab. It's like, great. You get all tense and worked up. You give blood. Then you go have massage. You relax. And then you pass out on the floor, in which case the doctor can now see you. So it's like this <laughs> wonderful payment scheme where everyone's involved. How neat is that? Better than an MVA game right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I decided that, yeah, I'll give it a try. What do I have to lose? Where'd you go to school? I started off at Humber College. I believe it was their third or fourth year that the program had been running. Uh, so brand new equipment, hydraulic tables, students were expoiled right from the beginning. Yeah. And um, I had a few setbacks. Um, so I started in September of 2010. And uh, later that month, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Ooh. And originally, uh, so she had lymphoma. And originally the doctor said, you know, it's not curable. But the remission rates are very long and they're very successful. Something like 90% of people who are diagnosed will go into remission for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Okay. Um, the oncologist we were speaking with said she had one patient was in 30 years remission. So effectively cured, but they can't say that because it does come back. Right. Unfortunately for my mom, uh, she was one of the 2%. Oh, wow. And that was when you were in school. That was when I was in school. Um, originally, like I said they thought six years. No worries. Mm-hmm. Things started going downhill. Uh, then they told us six months, became six weeks, and she passed away three days later. Oh, wow. So uh, in the scheme, in the uh, span of that, um, I dropped out of school. I was commuting too much and... It just—it was just too much. I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Uh, she was in the hospital 24-7. Uh, my dad and I took uh, different shifts to make sure that she was always okay, always taken care of. Uh, my mom was a very proud, very private woman. And if she could do her own self-care, it was easier for her if I helped than if a nurse or someone else did. Right. It just, it made her feel better. It's like, well, what else am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I uh, did that, went back to school too soon, <laughs> wound up failing, uh, took a little bit more time off. Went back to Humber? Yeah, yeah, I went back to Humber, uh, failed the next semester, um, took some more time off just to get my head sorted, met my partner in crime, who's been absolutely amazing, and... We should mention that um, Jane is getting married in, what, three weeks? October 1st. Woohoo! Yeah, in Scotland. In Scotland. Woo-hoo. So that's why we had to rush to get her in to record this, because she's <laughs> leaving in a couple of weeks. I am coming back, probably. 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 Depends. We're going to visit, uh, see if we can see the Loch Ness Monster. If I do, I'm not leaving. (laughs) I'm going to change careers yet again, and I'll become a supernatural investigator and prove that Nessie exists, but only if I see her. Okay. And know that it's not a dolphin or a whale or whatever that could have possibly maybe gotten into the lake. And assuming I don't reside in its belly. Because, yeah, if I'm in the belly, so sorry, I'm fish food. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. What about about Sasquatch and UFOs and stuff? That too? uh, UFOs are just too vague Mm. to me things could be a ufo um sasquatch i think it'd be kind of cool but if it's lived that long and people have kind of seen it sometime kind of seen it sometimes uh but not much i'm thinking it's probably kind of murderous and is really good at hiding its tracks so yeah if you have these search parties that go out and only a few people come back and they don't really remember things, yeah. things are kind of fuzzy and people are never seen from again, you're in Sasquatch belly. Mm. Just Or maybe they got abducted by UFOs. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather Sasquatch belly. Yeah. I have a thing with breathing. I like to breathe. And if I'm abducted by UFO, one, they may not breathe oxygen. Two, you're in space. So even if you do manage to take over the ship and fly somewhere, I am so lucky I will jettison all the breathable air that's there and suffocate myself and probably fly myself into the sun, totally missing Earth. You've thought a lot about this, haven't you? It's on my top 10 ways of not to die. (laughs) (laughs) So are are aliens out there? Is that what we're saying? 
Is that what we're saying? Honestly, I don't see how they can't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm on board with this. There's a really interesting theory in when you look at like evolutionary kind of stuff. And it's I think it's called neoteny. Maybe I'm saying completely wrong. Most people think of evolution as like ladders, right? So there's there's rungs on a ladder and there's 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 this there's this species. And then then the next one, then the next one, the next one versus like bushes and bundles where a whole bunch of species that coexist at the same time, even though they're evolutionary steps from each other. So the bottom line here is the next evolutionary step there is a link between the way they look as an adult compared to the previous evolutionary step to the way they looked as an infant so i'll give you an example of this take a look at a baby chimp a baby chimp looks exactly like an old human and an elderly human so baby chimp equal to elderly human humans evolving from lower primates so this is the example you with me i'm with you i mean you ever see every single illustration of someone that says they've seen an alien before Mm -hmm. what does it look like big eyes round face undefined features looks like a fetus looks like a human baby yeah right so it just kind of follows that natural evolutionary process so those things that are flying around out there bushes and bundles coexisting at the same time dun 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 whatever's out there is the is the next evolutionary step i i, I just made this shit up on the spot <laughs> you can't make me really think about it as oh, long man. as we don't turn into that sheet of skin from doctor who i'm okay with that <laughs> that was creepy amanda is so not a science fiction person no i'm it? not so i'm like i'll just let you guys go on with this because we'll, we'll stop nerding out on science fiction <laughs> I think it's adorable. Although I am trying to get her into the original Star Trek. I Okay, this is a huge problem. He assumes that I hate things based on other things I hate. So a few weeks ago, he showed me one episode of Star Trek, the original. Mm -hmm. I was able to look past the horrible acting. I was able (laughs) to look past the ridiculous sets because I understand in that time, they probably thought the acting was great and the sets were like super high tech. But the story was good. I got super into the episode. I watched the whole thing. And then I said to him, like, okay, let's watch another one. He's like, nah, you don't like it. Let's, uh, it's not fun for me if you don't like it. So <laughs> it's not he's trying to get me into it. Just like he tried to get me into watching Lethal Weapon with him. As I was enjoying it, he turned it off. I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like you got to be on the same level of enjoyment as me. But he just assumes it's not, I'm not. It's not, it's not good for he me to do it. He just assumes I'm not because I'm like an adult learning about these things. Because when I was a kid, okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me this isn't true. Okay. When you are a child, who do most children typically sort of model their likes and dislikes after? Is it usually mom or dad? Okay. I will say I would think mom because mom's normally the primary caregiver. However, I stalked my dad. Well, and, and obviously <laughs> there's there's exceptions to every rule, but I just feel like most kids end up being exposed to what their mom liked. My dad loves Star Trek. My mom, every time my dad turned Star Trek on, would say like, this is so stupid. And she'd turn it off. So we just grew up thinking Star <laughs> Trek is stupid and dad's dumb. Like, <laughs> They also felt that way about Seinfeld. Right, because my mom hated Seinfeld. So I didn't realize that Seinfeld was funny until I was in university. Oh dear. Because as a child, we weren't like, my mom was like, this is stupid. And she would turn it off. She hates Jerry Seinfeld. So... I just I just knew what my mom knew. So Medi- he medium rare, medium rare. You're like, what? What's that? <laughs> oh, I know. My mom always, <laughs> always. Anyway, so <laughs> he assumes that I dislike things because I thought I did when I was a kid. I am always willing to admit when I'm wrong and I change. And okay, so I thought Star Trek was stupid. I enjoyed that one episode we watched. I was like, yeah, I'll watch another one. He's like, nah, you don't like it. I'm, like, I'm also right. scared to keep going with it because I'm. we're going to hit a point where she's going to see Tribbles and be like, this is stupid. Oh, come on. Tribbles rock. I think so. But I have I'm no s- idea what you're talking about. I'm scared about. to get to that point. Think <laughs> of a legless guinea pig. Well, I, had a, I had a super fat cute. guinea pig when I was a kid. Uh, he might as well have been legless because he couldn't walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so very much like that. They're like, but they come in multiple colors that nature never intended animals to be: bright green, bright yellow, hot pink, amazing blue. So why do you pebbles. think I'll think it's stupid? I don't know. I just... <laughs> it was it was a fun episode. If you're interested in genetics and how species propagate 
is actually pretty neat when you try to I am very out. interested in genetics. See, I might See, like triple this stuff. will take over the universe and the galaxy. Okay. So there you go. Now I know. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get back to you guys after I watch more Star Trek episodes. It, he only let me watch the, what was it, the like Body Snatcher one? Uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was like the second episode. And it was good. The story was good. I understand people who like it because I agree with Mark's um, he always says like Star Trek was so ahead of its time. I agree with it just by watching that one episode. Like the story was really good. Like I said, the acting ridiculous. The Come sets on, like ridiculous. Come on, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's not talk yeah, about sorry, Star sorry. Trek right now. That's my fault. Again. Let's no, it's fine. Okay, I'll say one last thing. The only thing he has ever tried to expose me to that I could not get on board with was Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, I was so bored. All they fucking do is walk. Stop walking. <laughs> do something it's, it's true it i does, was so bored it, it does feel like three hours of people just walking totally. around <laughs> and you know they have extended versions so you can do it for four hours no i can't do it <laughs> no, i can't do it so yeah lord of the rings was the one and only thing i watched all of the star wars episodes with him and i did it all over two days and i Ooh, yeah like i, I was love. dedicated that's dedicated love. i was dedicated i wanted to at least see the stuff understand it um i enjoyed it while we were watching it He's the kind of guy, though, that can watch the same Star Wars episode over and over and over again. I'm like, yeah, I've been there, done that, seen it. I'm over it. Mm. Yeah. It has to be an exceptional movie for me to want to see it a second time and absolutely amazing for me to actually buy it. Mm-hmm. So what what do you own? Yeah, I want to know now. Mm, yeah. Ha. Huh, okay. Um, the uh, the first Jaws. Mm, interesting. I haven't seen Jaws since I was a kid. Me neither. I don't even think I remember it. I love Jaws. And I was kind of an ass. Uh, That and Snakes on a Plane, I got my dad to watch before he went on a trip to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) That's just mean. See, she's got this like twisted sense of humor that reminds me of somebody and I'll figure it out. Um, so, okay, let's let's actually like talk because yeah, we were just getting into it. So your first setback, I mean, this is not just, this is a big one. Like your mother passed away. This mm-hmm. is like obviously something that's going to affect every aspect of your life. So yeah. when you left school after you failed out that, that semester of Humber, how long did you stay out of school? In total, I think it was about a year. Okay. Um, now I'll just rewind for uh, a few moments here. Uh, when my mom was getting chemotherapy and I used to go down and make sure everything was okay and I stayed with her through it, um, her oncologist, whose name I should remember, uh, because her husband was my grandmother's family doctor and used to visit my grandfather when my grandfather was in the hospital for cancer. Oh my so, goodness. Amazing team. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking about massage and massage therapy and I mentioned how this is what I was going to school for mm-hmm. and uh, she, she loved it. She, she, if she could get massage therapists in the oncology ward, she'd be so happy. There's very few cancers that, um, are actually contraindicated, uh, with, um, for massage therapy, the ones that are, the people aren't going to live more than a couple of months. Most of them pass in a few weeks after diagnosis. They're very few and far between those mm-hmm. types of cancers. And uh, she actually gave me a couple of studies to read uh, that shows that uh, massage therapy with chemotherapy, how much it actually helps the patient. Uh, they don't experience the same amount of fatigue. They don't get the same number of adverse side effects, so they don't get as much pain. Uh, they don't need as much uh, painkillers. A lot of them get off the opioids, which at the time the whole opioid crisis war, mm-hmm. blah, 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 was going on. Uh, they feel better about themselves and they have a better outlook. So she's all for it. And then she mentioned uh, about manual lymphatic drainage. I had no idea what that was. So she, well, she's familiar. She knows there's a few schools, uh, but she was familiar with the Vodder method. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll look into that. It's massage therapy. I'm dealing with cancer in my life right now. What else am I going to do? So check that out. And things progressed. My mom passed away, dropped out, came back, failed, dropped out again. <laughs> it was fun times. Was the dropout because you couldn't do school, you couldn't do anything? Like, what's going on here? Is this just like a uh, so very sad was, kind of um, thing? But when I first went to Humber in 2010, I moved to Etobicoke. Mm-hmm. Mom got sick. I got a panicked phone call one night from my dad saying she'd had a ground mal seizure. And he was absolutely terrified. And that scared me. So, uh, three o'clock in the morning, my roommates were still up, all army guys. Anyone, if you're going to stay in a house with, and you're a single female and you're staying with men, get army guys. It's like having three big brothers who will slaughter your dating life, (laughs) but you will never be more safe. (laughs) It seems to be worth it, probably. I feel like Mark's going to take note of that for when our kids 
get older. We have two girls, so yeah, three army army one, roommates. Yeah, army is they're absolutely amazing, and they're all crazy. But it's a nice okay. I shouldn't say it's a nice crazy, but it's not one where you're going to wake up and there's a knife in your chest, right? You know, nice guys. Um, anyway, they found out three in the morning that I was leaving and probably not coming back. So they actually took care of boxing up everything and getting me moved out. The one fellow, uh, Mike, he was actually going to drive me back to Cambridge and then come back, even though he had an 830 exam the next morning. Because he's worried about my driving. It's like, no, nope, I'll be fine. Three in the morning. There's nothing here. And at least when I drive, I, that's all I concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Um, so yeah, then I moved back to Cambridge and then going back to Humber uh, trying to commute to Humber from Cambridge was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. If classes started at 8.30, I had to be on the highway no later than 6.15. Otherwise, I was going to be late. And Humber had a policy, which I'm assuming they still do, but you have to check their website and see. Uh, if you're more than 10 minutes late, you're considered to be missing either half the lab or half a class. Depending on the type of lab it is or if it's uh, clinic hours, they lock you out until the next break or until lunch, mm. whichever comes first. Uh, if you're late for so many classes, it counts as so many absentees, and then you fail. Right. If you miss so many clinic hours, it's an automatic fail. Mm-hmm. Funny story, uh, I was actually driving to one of my midterms, and um, three, four cars ahead of me was a pig truck coming in from Cambridge, getting onto the on-ramp, onto the 401. Took it a little bit too quickly and rolled. Ooh. The piggies got out. The piggies P- ran. This is the story that she started with. <laughs> the networking night. Like when you walked over and my jaw was on the floor, this yeah. is why. She's telling me about pigs running around the 401. Yeah, if That's you... a jailbreak. That, the <laughs> happiest pigs ever, probably. Oh, they were in the grass on either side. They were in their glory. <laughs> and I'm on the on-ramp. I can't back up. There's cars behind me. Can't yeah. go forward because knocked over truck and pigs. And they're not cute little tiny pigs. They're big pigs. And all I could remember is my grandmother saying, don't ever fall into a pig pen. Pigs are mean. They will eat you alive. Which is also my top 10 list of ways not to die <laughs> being eaten alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And if you actually pull up one of the pictures, if you look behind the truck, there's this little red car. That's me. Oh, my God. Yep, I was four hours late getting in. Now, the teacher, um, Katie, absolutely amazing. She laughed her head off and let me write the midterm at a later time. Well, that's awesome. That's good that they were accommodating to you because, I mean, how are you going to control pigs on the highway? That's just it. It's like snakes on a plane. It's... Like, you just, you, it's out of your control. <laughs> but they can't do that with finals. So, um, with winter, I, I did uh, winter semester there as well. And winter is brutal uh, mm-hmm. going through, especially if you're behind the plows because they stagger them so that you can't go around them. Right. So, maybe you're doing 40 on the 401 and enjoy that because that's all you're doing. You cannot get around them. So yes, that happened. Yeah, things weren't going all that great. So I was leaving at stupid o'clock in the morning to get uh, to school. I was coming home at stupid o'clock at night because sometimes the classes went fairly late. Stay there and study, socialize a bit. And yay, it's eight, nine, ten o'clock when I'm getting uh, home. So I was, and with studying a lot, I was getting a lot of headaches. So I was taking a lot of Tylenol, Advil, uh, aspirin, just mixing them up so I didn't completely kill my liver and didn't completely kill my kidneys. Yeah, I'll just annoy them both a little bit. See what happens. Mm. And I had my biggest setback pretty much of my life in a lovely form of something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. So the first time I had ever heard about this was talking to Jane. I never heard of this. Can you please, the way you explained it to me, tell everybody exactly what this is. And then we can talk a little bit about how it presented with you and what happened. Because this was the most crazy thing I think I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Alrighty, so I actually wrote this down because words can be difficult at times. Uh, So basically, Stevens-Johnson syndrome is an allergic reaction. However, it's not mediated by uh, histamine. So you can take all the histamines in the world, it's not going to stop anything. Um, It's not anaphylaxis, so you can pump yourself with as much adrenaline that you want, it's not going to do anything. When it starts, it will continue until it's done, however long that takes. Uh, In Canada, for every million adverse drug reactions that are reported, there's between one and six that are a Stevens-Johnson reaction, okay? To give you an idea. Um, it is underreported, uh, especially in cases where it's caused by uh, an infection of some sort. Some are idiopathic, so they don't know what causes it. It just seems to surprise I'm here. So there are cases like that. So it is a little bit more prevalent than what we think, but still, I mean, one to six per million? That's why I buy lottery tickets. I'm that lucky. <laughs> so, um, basically, it's um, it, it is an unpredictable reaction. You can't 
look at someone, you can't draw their blood, you can't look at their genetics, with one exception, and say, yes, you're going to have a Stevens-Johnson reaction. You can't say, oh, well, you have a little bit of hives with this medication, so you can't take any of this because you're going to have a Stevens-Johnson reaction. They have no idea. The one exception is the uh, Han Chinese. They have an HLA gene, which I should know what it stands for and I can't remember, human leukocyte something. If they have that gene, they're guaranteed to have either Stevens-Johnson or TENS, uh, which is a sort of like a stronger version of Stevens-Johnson, but it tends to be a lot more fatal. Uh, and they'll react with uh, carbansmapine and um, I think it's allopropanol is the other drug. So if you test positive for this gene uh, in China, if you go to a hospital or a doctor, they flag you so that you're never given these drugs, never given anything in that family of drugs. Mm -hmm. And they have greatly reduced the number of Stevens-Johnson reaction that the population has. Not that it was terribly large to begin with, but they went from, say, two, 300 a year down to zero. But other people can have this gene um, or not, and they'll still have the reaction. It's only the Han Chinese, and I don't know why. So in your case, mm -hmm. um, that's what it was diagnosed as, is that you were having a Stevens-Johnson reaction, and they associated it with all of this pain medication that you were taking? That's the only thing we could think of. Uh, the first, well, I went to see an allergist, and the first thing he thought was that it was a titanium toxicity reaction. So titanium is actually in a lot of foods, in a lot of prepared mm -hmm. foods. It's a common ingredient in everything. Like even in toothpaste, you'll have titanium. Anything that has a white cast, a silver cast, or a gray cast to it probably has titanium in it. Uh, it's in coatings and candies. And as you can see, I like my food. <laughs> I like my candies. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that is a fun one to try to figure out. I will note that I am uh, highly allergic to cobalt. Uh, cobalt if you leave it on my skin for about 20 minutes and take it off, I will have no skin in that area. It'll go with it. You will see the muscle and all the other goopy globs of stuff. Wow. I'm also allergic to nickel. Not nearly as bad, but my skin will blister in time. I am allergic to stainless steel, which really sucks because I have a stainless steel um, sink in my kitchen. And I have a bad habit of leaning on it when I do dishes. You'd think I'd know at this point. <laughs> Don't lean on it. But habits die hard. And then I wind up with really lovely rashes going up my forearms. So in this case, with what is possibly a reaction to the NSAIDs, tell everybody what happened to you. Basically, I look like a cast off member from The Walking Dead. Mm. Essentially, that's it. Actually, if you don't mind, um, I actually brought pictures. So when it first started... That was my foot. All right. So I've got her MacBook in front of me. The first picture is not so aggressive. It looks actually very similar to what um, my daughter's foot started to look like. She had Kawasaki disease. And so the second stage of it is like this. So where it's almost like, um, looks like blisters that had popped and the skin looks like it's just peeling off like an onion. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. Should I keep scrolling? Uh, each tab has a different picture. There are some... What I would consider kind of x-ray pictures that I filter. I don't know what I'm looking at on the shoulder because it's a little bit dark in here. Is this just a rash? It is. With me, it started off uh, actually as hives. Yeah, I so it looks like yeah, rash. Whole body hives. Um, oh, yeah. Is that your leg in the next yep. picture? And it's all rashy. And then again, that foot now looking much worse all the skin peeling off the bottom of the foot it looks like it looks like you are growing out of your skin and it's stunk. the smell is it was horrific oh my i would wear God. two three pairs of socks trying to get a hold of the stench it's basically rotting skin that's yeah so this last uh, this other picture i'm looking at again it's her foot but yeah it looks like just skin that's yeah rotting and falling off oh my god was this painful it was um it got to the point that i couldn't walk i had most of the layers of my skin gone on my hands my forearms my feet halfway up my legs there's a picture in there which looks like a relatively normal foot albeit a fat foot so that's my regular foot you mm -hmm. can see the bones you can see whatever and then look at the fat foot photo uh if you i don't i don't know which one is the fat foot photo oh yeah right at the end here oh yeah like her feet are swollen up to like three times the size of what they regularly are so you have a slight bunion on your left foot mm -hmm. but you can't even see it here because of the swelling all right slight bunion is somewhat of a misnomer that's a giant bunion uh, my toe was broken 
and it healed weird. Okay. But yeah. Oh, and there's the tattoo to prove it was me. Yeah, that's that's you. Same foot, only much, much larger when when this reaction was happening. So we talked that night about, okay, so you said your hands, your feet, all the skin was gone. Mm-hmm. What about your eyes? You were telling me something about your eyes that I just could not. Okay, that is one of the pictures that I didn't load up there. That's okay. I don't um, know if I want to see it, but tell us about your eyes. <laughs> so basically, um, my eyes felt like they were really dry, like they were getting gritty and I was having problems seeing. Everything was kind of blurry. With everything else that was going on, I wasn't really worried about it. Mm-hmm. I had just gained about 16 pounds in each leg, that foot that you saw. That happened over three days. Oh my goodness. It hurt to move. I couldn't roll over. Uh, if I needed to sit down, I could bend <laughs> maybe 10 degrees and get my butt out there. And then I had to fall because I could not bend my joints. Um, I couldn't drive because I couldn't turn around to put on my seatbelt. I couldn't turn to check my blind spot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get my hands up high enough to grip the steering wheel. My partner had to do absolutely everything for me. Like you were almost completely immobile. Pretty much. Uh, probably a little bit too much information, but going to the bathroom to get myself cleaned up would take me 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. because I was moving so slow and I couldn't move any faster because everything hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I will get back to that if you're interested. Uh, but yeah, with the eyes, um, I now see uh, an optometrist, uh, ophthalmologist who uh, specializes in interesting diseases. Uh, she has one other Stevens-Johnson patient. Uh, the difference being her patient, uh, the other lady, uh, her eyelids fused to her eyes. Mine didn't do that. I got really lucky. Uh, the oil glands in my eyes, I have roughly half of what I used to, half of them function. Uh, as far as she can tell, about 25% of them are scarred over. The other 25% don't seem to exist anymore. Now, what can happen with that is that so much of the mucous membrane comes off that whatever those oil glands were or wherever they were actually came with the skin that was coming off. And they don't regrow. Mm. So I have eye drops that have uh, oils added to them because my tear ducts are fine. Um, and some days I'll look like I'm crying for absolutely no reason. The reason that's happening is it's too dry and the water's evaporating too quickly because I don't have enough oil to keep it there. Mm-hmm. So, but with this, um, what sometimes happens is the eyelid, because the eyelid underneath is a mucous membrane, it'll start peeling off and it'll start fusing with the actual eyeball. If it completely fuses, you're blind. So what the doctors will do is they take glass rods and they use the glass rods to separate the layers. Nothing reacts with glass, so you don't really have to worry about infection. You don't have to worry about um, transferring anything to it. Like with some um, plastics, there'll be a transfer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you ever have a plastic container, throw tomatoes in there. And then you always smell tomatoes or you'll see the staining. Uh, BPA is something that can leach out. Well, nothing right. leaches from glass. So, right. you know, it's no worries. Uh, they have found in, I guess, about the past 15-ish years, uh, a woman's placenta can be used to make a type of contact lens that will go over the eye. It lasts for about Maybe a week. I should have kept my placenta. Uh, it kind of has to be fresh. And <laughs> I'm they... just joking. <laughs> we just recently had a conversation about um, when I delivered my kids or the first one at least the midwives asked me so what's your plan for your placenta I'm like excuse Mm. you what do you mean and you know she said well you know some people encapsulate it some people take it home and they plant it to make you know to grow a tree of life and I was like so if I don't have a plan is it just going to end up in that like medical waste there she said yep I'm like cool let's do that yeah um unless it's growing babies off of it and I have had uh, some clients try to encourage me to have a baby so that I could then keep my placenta and eat it afterwards because that's what nature does. Um, to which I applied in nature, mothers also eat their young. I'm not having a baby to have a, you know, baby roast. <laughs> so, no, not doing that. <laughs> oh boy. So all of this, like this reaction happened after, okay, so we, the timeline was you started at Humber and you dropped out, then you went back, you dropped out. Mm-hmm. And then did you, did you graduate at Humber or was there ever a switching know. of schools? Okay. So when did this reaction happen? Were you at Humber? Uh, I was, uh, it started, um, yeah, April. Oh my gosh. Uh, March or April of 2014. So I was basically in my graduating year. Uh, Humber's massage therapy program is three years. Mm-hmm. The other thing with Humber at the time, uh, it's changed since then, 
each course only ran once per year. So if you failed a course in the first semester, you'd have to wait another year for that course to Mm -hmm. come around to take it again. And I was, geez, I want to say maybe six weeks uh, from the end of school, and I couldn't finish clinic. One, I couldn't touch anyone. Um, I didn't have skin on my hands, which was incredibly painful, and basically I'm a walking open wound. I looked gross. I felt gross. Nobody wanted to be near me, and I smelled even worse. And that was just bleh. So, yeah, being the walking dead, anyone, if you ever think, oh, being a zombie would be so cool. No, it isn't. It sucks. You smell. You won't have friends. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. My dog liked me. That's it. (laughs) That's why you love animals so much. Pretty much. They accepted the zombie. I thought her. She was thinking, ooh, look at that walking dinner. You just need to fall. The The guy that you are marrying in a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. he was with you through all this? He took care of you through all this? Yeah, he took care of me. He took care of my bills, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and surprisingly, he didn't think anything of it. That was really... See, he met me um, just after my mom had passed away. I was online. I was looking for brain fluff. I didn't want anything serious. I needed a break because at home... It didn't matter where I looked, I saw my mom. Mm -hmm. My dad was there. We're both grieving together, trying to figure out what we're doing. And it was constant. So I just wanted a break. You know, I was looking at pictures and whatever, just random things, clicking on links, whatever. And um, Craig was posting about his journey of life. Um, He had taken a rather nasty kick to his knee that required uh, full ACL replacement. Uh, and they were using his hamstrings to do so. And he was saying, you know, to get through this and whatever, these were some books that he'd read. You know, oh, cool, I've read some of them. The only one I remember now that he mentioned was um, a little novel called uh, Nobody's Son. And I can't tell you anything about it now because I completely forget. And that's another tangent. Probably don't need to go on. But at the time, I remembered stuff. And so I sent a message. I said, yeah, I read this book. This is what I got out of it. Don't message me back. I'm basically a troll. But there you go. I'm basically a troll. Pretty much. I was trolling for fluff. Gotcha. And he messaged me back. Uh, Well, great. Now you're putting social expectations on me. Aren't you the wonderful asshole? So then I messaged him back and we actually started talking. And then he asked if I want to meet. No. (laughs) No, I don't. So, okay, fine, Neil. That's great. Kept talking for a bit. And, you know, would you like to go to a cafe? Anywhere you like. Whatever city. He's in the KW Kitchener area. I don't have to tell him where I live. No, nothing. But he'd actually like to meet me. Like, yeah, no. Why do you keep saying no at this point? Because I wasn't in a good space for pretty mm-hmm. much anything. Um, one thing with Cambridge Memorial at the time was that they had a Tim Hortons mm-hmm. that was open pretty much 24-7. Their cafe was open for two, three hours a day, two or three days a week. So for the three, four months that I was pretty much living at the hospital, I lived on Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. I gained a crap ton of weight. I'm still dealing with some of it, but essentially 30, 35 pounds. Um, So I didn't look the greatest. I didn't feel the greatest. Emotionally, I was a wackadoodle. Yeah. That's not the time you want to meet a potential partner. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, it's just. And my focus was on my dad and myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dropped out of school. I wasn't even worrying about that. So here I am. I'm living with my dad. I have no job. I don't have an education. I have pretty much no money, except the money that Humber gave me back because things happened. They refunded my tuition. Excellent for that. I owned my car and I had a bulldog. <laughs> and a lot of textbooks. That's what I had. So that's not dating material, especially, you know, when you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. That's everyone's, oh, no, no. And oh, hell no. Checklist. So I'm, I told him a lot of this. And it's like, seriously, I'm not even up for friendship. It's, uh, I don't have it in me. And he kept asking. It's like, you know what? We'll meet. Whatever picture you have of me in your head is not reality. So how about we just like shatter that and then you'll go away and leave me alone? Life is good. We can do that. No problem. So we picked a cafe. Or rather, I picked a cafe and he just agreed to it. And he looked a lot better in person than what he did online. <laughs> It's like, you look like a proper English gentleman. So you were attracted to him like right away when you saw him? I appreciated his dress and how he looked. Mm. I wouldn't say actually attracted the whole like see someone. Oh, my God, I'm in love. And I never bought into that. Well, Love at first sight. No. Yeah. But I mean, like there was there was something there that you were like, okay, 
uh, this this guy is okay. He wasn't giving off creeper vibes. How's that? That's super important. That is super important. <laughs> were were you nervous about meeting or were you just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to get this off of my plate, get this guy off my back, and then that'll be that. Pretty much. Um, I guess I should say, now, when we were talking back and forth, uh, he'd asked me about music. I happen to like music, grew up with it, um, different things we'd done. So we were actually having conversations. It's mm-hmm. not like this. Hey, meet me and we'll shag later. Never yeah. entered into it. There were no twig and berry pictures. Um, nothing rude. I, he didn't even know what I looked like until like two days before I was supposed to meet him. Oh, so you didn't have like a photo up or anything? So he had no idea who he was speaking to? No, my picture uh, was of a very fat hamster eating a cookie. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so he had no idea. Just written description. Well, I mean, but you guys had stuff in common. The The whole premise of your first conversation was about a book that you had both read. So yeah, and if he can't be that wackadoodle if he's posting about books that he read. Mm-hmm. He's, he's adorable. That's <laughs> I it. like that. Yes, adorable. Very adorable. And he fit the persona that he was portraying in his writing. So yeah, we went, we had coffee and found out that he lied. He didn't actually like coffee, but he liked tea. So he had a chai latte and I had my double, triple espresso shot over whatever yumminess. And uh, yeah, he's not that bad. But we went to walk outside. I saw something that made me think of my mom. And I started crying. It's like, okay. And we're done. He just really, really awkwardly patted my back, offered me a tissue. And we went walking along the Grand River. And then I just told him everything that I've been dealing with. This is like a romance movie. The whole description of it. I'm pretty sure every man who hears us like, oh, sweet baby Jesus, that poor man. I hope you get, hope you got laid. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is no, he didn't. But <laughs> Good for you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and um, yeah, it actually went better than I thought, ish. Uh, and then we went our way. I thought, okay, that's it. Anyone who's just had a complete stranger fall apart on them cry into their shoulder and find out that you really don't like coffee and what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just thought okay, that that's it. He'll leave me alone. Yeah. The next day, you know, good morning. You know, really enjoyed meeting you last night. Blah, blah, blah. Would you mm-hmm. like to meet again? Like, Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> really? <laughs> In retrospect, looking at back at this now, mm-hmm. is that something you needed at that moment? I have no idea. Mm. Probably because it was such a break from my reality mm-hmm. and what I'd been going through for the past, ooh, I guess a year or so at that point. It was just, yeah, it was an interesting break and it gave me something else to focus on, mm-hmm. like really focus on. Uh, and for him, apparently what he really noticed was my hair. It was a very deep purple. I was about to say, well, you're redhead, which is kind of, you are a redhead, right? The lighting in here is off. I can't uh, really tell. It's, it's somewhat red. There's reddish big, tints. The top is more silver now than what I care to admit to. <laughs> um, now, before um, Stevens Johnson, I had iron straight hair. It oh. was brutal. If I wanted to curl, I had to get it permed. It was also blonde. Not Barbie blonde. But it wasn't one where you look at it and say, oh, is that blonde? Is it brown? It was blonde. Mm-hmm. After the Stevens-Johnson reaction, actually about six months after, uh, I lost about 75% of my hair. It looked like I was going through chemo. Oh, System shock is a wonderful thing. It put all, well, not all, but 75% of my hair into telephase. And then it falls out because it dies. Mm-hmm. And when it grew back, it was darker and it curled. It's also finer than what it used to be, and not all of it came back. My hair was always fine, but I had a lot of it. A lot of it, yeah. And now I have more like a normal amount, and it's finer than what it had been. It's like, great. Basically, I have spider crap for hair. Spider crap. Oh my God. Where do you come (laughs) up with this shit, man? (laughs) You should see my head. The stuff I dream up of, too, it's just... I always say to Mark that I I would be afraid to take a walk around in his brain. I don't know. I'm starting to feel that way about (laughs) you. It's interesting. It's, yeah, it is very interesting. So how long, Craig is his name? Mm -hmm. Craig, Craig, Craig. Craig. How long did Craig have to pursue you before you gave in? What, as in actually meeting him? As in finally saying like, okay, I like this guy. Like how long did this chase go on before you guys started dating? Ah, Before officially dating? Probably eight months, nine months. He was patient. He was, he was very patient. And the reason why... Uh, I found said, fine, if you want to date, we'll date, is because it was, um, it was July 2nd. We went to see Kung Fu Panda Part 2. Getting out of the car. No, we saw the movie. We're getting back in the car. To this day, I don't know how I did it. 
But I had the door open and then I closed it. It was locked and I closed it on my finger. You see <gasps> the, the scar there? <sighs> yeah. I broke the bone doing that. Didn't know it at the time. And I'm standing there looking at it like, huh, well, this is going to suck. So I asked Craig, would you come open the door? And he's like, okay, sure. Taking his sweet time, getting out, coming around the corner. Then he sees my hand stuck. <laughs> and then he boogies. And I'm like, dear God, do not drop those keys because we're, he parked right over a manhole cover, sewer cover. If you drop them, they're going down and visiting, you know, Pennywise. <laughs> so he got, you know, the door open, but there'd been enough pressure, long enough that there wasn't any blood, but you could see the bone. It's like, okay, that's a hospital visit. And this really blows. So he took me to the hospital, waited with me. I have never had so many medical people ask me if I was okay and giving whomever I'm with a really creepy side eye. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And even the doctor came and asked, you know, did I want to be alone? You know, did I need to talk to someone? They can arrange services if need be. No, seriously, he didn't do this. He's like, well, just from your description, it's highly unusual. It's like, yeah, let me show you the rest of my scars and tell you how I got those. But anyway, so I was telling the doctor this and either they believed me or there was absolutely nothing they could do. But mm. they stitched it back up, put it in a splint and basically said, yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's now 3, 3.30 uh, in the morning. Craig has to be at work. He works in Cambridge, uh, lives in a different city. So I offered uh, the spare bedroom to him. So you might as well come over, stay the night. I'll explain things to my dad when he gets home because what dad wants to come in and look down and see a pair of boots, that is obviously not his. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, so that's how my dad found out I was dating. Dating. And that's when I decided, you know what, if he's going to pop with the nurses and the doctors thinking that he's this horrible guy who tried to take off my finger, might as well date the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw him a bone. <laughs> How much worse can it actually get? Oh, it can get a lot worse. But he didn't know that at the time and neither did I. It was probably, honestly, probably about three years before I could actually say that we were dating equally. Before then, I was always his focus. I was always his concern. He was a little man on the totem pole for me. So that's why I saw he, I wasn't dating material because I couldn't put the other person first. Mm -hmm. And... It took a very long time for me to be able to. Now I can, and he knows that. And he said, well, the wait was worthwhile because he knew it was coming. But yeah, how long? <laughs> no one ever thinks it'll take as long as it does, but you blink and time passes. Well, he wasn't wrong. You're getting married in Scotland in a couple of weeks. Oh, God, yeah, we are. And we still have stuff to do. <laughs> I'll be easy. Go overseas, get married, you pay the money, they do the dirty deed. No worries, it's done. No. That is not how it works. <laughs> but anyway, we're going through with it. So yeah, fun times. I just went silent. I'm like, what? where do I even go next? Like it's, it. like I said, it was when you told me the story, the night of the networking event, I thought this is serious dedication. And now it's even more interesting to me because <laughs> it's not like massage therapy was this dream that you, something you really wanted to do. It was sort of put in front of you as a career option when you didn't know what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You started it, then had... Um, your mother gets sick. Yep. So, you know, taking care of her. Then mother passing away. Then you're failing out of school. Then you have this crazy reaction to drugs because you're doing this long commute. I'm not even going to talk about the pigs on the 401. <laughs> like, but you kept going back and going back. So where did you go after Humber? Because as you said, once the uh, Stevens-Johnson reaction happened, you couldn't finish that semester and yeah. you would have had to wait a whole other year. So what was the next step for you? Uh, I actually started looking at private colleges. Okay. Other colleges, but Humber was the closest to me that was offering massage therapy. I so thought, fine. I can't do the commute. This reaction sucks. What else can I do? Uh, and I found that there was a college literally a five minute drive from where I was living, mm -hmm. um, an hour walk. So I've walked it a few times, uh, Canadian college of massage and hydrotherapy. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to be the Kitchener campus. They were now in Cambridge. Yep. I went there. I talked with the uh, intake coordinator and, you know, met some of the people who were teaching. Um, I was still bandaged up. My hands looked like they belonged to the mummy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, undid the bandages, show them, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't know if I can start in September or if I do, would it be possible to just take the courses and make up the clinic hours later. And they said, yeah, they could do that. Um, if I could only do one or two courses, that would be fine. They allowed overlap. So if I completed, say, term two's courses, went on to term three, but I could only do one or two of term three's courses, whatever I did complete would let me do term four 
and I could actually merge them. So I'd be like a two, three, three, mm-hmm. four, or what have you. We had some fun with that uh, as well. A few little oopsies in clinic, which if you're interested, I'll tell you how I met. Uh, it's actually right now a very good friend of mine. Um, so I was in clinic and on the paper, it said that I was term three. Uh, CCMH only has four terms. And one thing that CCMH is known for is their hydrotherapy class. Mm-hmm. You'll do body wraps, you'll do scrubs, you learn how to put salts and stuff together. Humber doesn't do any of this. Mm-hmm. That's spa stuff. And Humber pretty much beats it over the head and kicks it to the curb. They're very scientific. They're very, this is a medical profession. You do medical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But because according to the paper, I should have known this, the very first person I saw wanted a salt scrub done, a body salt scrub. And I had to tell the uh, the RMT who was overseeing that, yeah, I don't know what that is. And she looked at me and said, how can you not know? You're in term three. I said, yeah, I'm just starting. I'm kind of term two, kind of term three, kind of term four. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not taking this course until, you know, next semester because my current course load is full. She's like, okay, Holly, <laughs> you don't have anyone right now. How about you show Jane how this is done? So Holly did. Such a messy thing to do, though. Oh. Like a salt glow is such a messy treatment. It is it's just, messy. There's just yeah. salt everywhere. Yes, but they have showers there. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, we can spray it down. And there are probably a few you know, little illicit water fights and such going on as well. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I met Holly and she's just telling me how everything's going. And the guy's basically he's passing out on the table. He's happy in La La Land. And uh, Holly decides, you know, she'll show me the school. And you know, everyone had been together since the beginning. So everybody knew everyone. And I'm like the odd kid out. As mm-hmm. I don't know anyone. And despite what it seems like, I'm actually kind of quiet. I'm kind of shy. Unless you want to come up and talk to me. Then I'll talk your head off. But you kind of have to make the first move. So she introduced me to everyone. And yeah, we started having lunch together. Sushi rocks. Just letting people know that. <laughs> <laughs> we still do that. Go for sushi. I finished uh, CCMH that year, did the OSCE, the MCQs, actually passed them on the first time. Hallelujah. I thought for sure I was going to fail and became an RMT. It's like, cool. Now I'm professional and crap. Now I have to be grown up. Mm. <laughs> how, do, how, would you, how would you compare CCMH to Humber? They're very different schools. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like comparing food. Are you going to say the cake? because you want an absolutely adorable, yummy steak? Or are you going to this little French patisserie because you want that absolutely beautiful croissant or macaron? You can't really compare the two. They're food, Mm -hmm. which is great. One's kind of meaty and really right there. The other one is light, dreamy, makes you feel good, and pack on the way. Mm. Which one (laughs) Um, do you like better? What do you like better? Do you like steak better? Uh, If it's raw steak, Mm -hmm. I like tartare. But as you can tell by looking at me, I like my sugar too. So... Um, but school-wise, I can't really say one's better than the other. It depends on what you're looking for. If you want to work in a spa, if you want to work in a, mm, I guess, kind of like a holistic environment, if you're into the aromatherapy, if you want to know how to make uh, your own salt scrubs, uh, if you want to know how to put together your own herbal whatevers, CCMH is good for that. They give you the foundation and you can work in that type of environment. If you want to solely focus on medical, if you want to open your own medical clinic, if you want to work with athletes, uh, if you want to work with high-risk pregnancies, if you want to work with cancer, then go to Humber. Uh, Humber's director, uh, Amanda Basquill, is one of, I believe, four RMTs in Ontario, possibly Canada, that actually hold a PhD. Yep. So highly educated, highly driven, and she will drive you as well. It's not for everyone, Um Honestly, I think massage therapy should be more like how the nurses are. If you want to know the basics and kind of do your own thing and not worry about the heavier sciences behind it, do a two, three year college program. If you want to be more heavily involved, know the science behind it, the not just the physiology, but how are drugs interacting with the system? Why are they interacting? What can be going wrong? The more psychosocial bio uh, framework of it, then it should be a university degree. We should have more psychology training. We just had this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's more along the lines, I think, that Humber kind of sort of prepares you for. The teaching is completely different uh, as well. With Humber, uh, they weren't all massage therapists. They weren't kinesiologists. They weren't chiropractors who were teaching. Some of them were. But there was also uh, an autonomist, uh, atomist, I'm probably mispronouncing this word horribly, bad me, 
Uh, basically, she has her PhD in anatomy, mm-hmm. and she's teaching the anatomy course. And I assume that she would teach the anatomy courses for the majority of the programs at Humber. It's not yeah, like, like it, she was only working in the massage therapy department. paramedical, uh, so yeah. if you're doing like firefighting, if you were doing um, uh, EMS, anything like that, she would teach. Uh, whereas at CCMH, they were either chiropractors, kinesiologists, or massage therapists. Mm-hmm. Humber is also a very large school. There's, I don't know how many tens of thousands of students that go there. There's a million and one different programs. I mean, if you walk down the hall, on one side is a smelly gym. On the other side, there's an amazing cooking class going on. Right. So with Humber, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to be just a number just because of the size of it. And it's like that at university as well. Exactly. So there's a reason why I didn't go to U of T. Um, whereas at CCMH, it's, it's much smaller. It's only massage therapy that they do. So your day is going to be nine to two, nine to five, whatever it is. And that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Humber, you might start at eight in the morning and maybe you'll be done eight at night with a two, three hour break in the morning and maybe four hour break in the afternoon. So, but they only have so many classrooms that have to be used by everyone. So they have to fit them in. Mm-hmm. The only dedicated room you have is the clinic room. Um, and that's that was at the time uh, in with the aestheticians. The program has since been moved. It used to be part of the uh, tourism and hospitality department, and now it's in the sciences. So there was a shift there, so I don't know what else has happened. But the instructors at Humber, especially ones who are massage therapists, mm-hmm. are absolutely wonderful. Uh, they're also very critical in that you're expected to think. You're not expected to just read this and go with the party line. Now, if you have questions, question it. Don't be a dick. You're not a kid. You're not supposed to have to have your hand held. And they do try to structure things the way the OSCEs and the MCQ are set up. Mm-hmm. Not to say that CCMH expects you to tow party line either, but they're much more willing to accept alternate views, uh, as it were. You really, you really can't compare them. No, you it can't. It really does depend on what you're looking for out of the career and how, yeah, really how you learn. And, you know, we've talked about this before about a really big plus of going to a private school like CCMH is that it is completely focused on massage and also the opportunity to get in and get out. Well, not even that, the opportunity to be part of term two and term three. Yeah, and three exactly. And it's much <laughs> like, more flexible yeah. versus you go to Humber, you fail a course. Okay, we'll see you next year. That is no longer the case. They do. Uh, there's enough people interested. There's enough people now in the massage therapy program mm-hmm. that they can run, you know, instead of running only in the spring, they can do, you know, spring and winter. Multiple starts. Kind of right. Thing. Yeah. But before it just wasn't feasible. Where CCMH has been a longstanding massage therapy school. Right. They have four terms. They have like two starts per year. There's all always a term four happening there's always a term three there's always a term two there's always a term one constantly going so if you have to redo something you know what it's it's easy, right easy. around the corner yeah mm-hmm. the other big difference too that i found um humber will tell you where you're going for the outreaches they get it all set up they tell you where you're going for the next you know three four months and that's where you go ccmh they have a sign-up sheet yeah so if you want to focus on all uh, say MS work, you can, mm-hmm. but by the same token, because they're not telling you where to go, you also have to track your own hours. Yeah. So if you don't have enough, congratulations, you're not graduating. Yes. Whereas with Humber, well, you need to pass that in order to go to the next semester. You're never going to fall behind. Mm-hmm. So if you're not really that great with time management or you just want to study, get told this is where you need to go, this is where you need to be, this is what you're doing so that you can focus on other things, Humber is great for that. Mm -hmm. If you want to specialize a bit more or get more experience, you can do that CCMH. But by the same token, if they don't get the outreaches at, say, a hospice or uh, at a maternity clinic, then you never will get those experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like those things might be harder to come by in Cambridge than the Toronto campus. Uh, actually, that's just me shooting shit here, though. Sort of. I think with Humber is um, they had an agreement with I believe it was St. Joseph's Hospital. Mm-hmm. There was an outreach program where you could work with uh, high risk uh, pregnancies, right, right, um, right. babies that were born, that sort of thing. Uh, Humber also has uh, an athletic team for pick a sport. It's there. Yep. So you get to work on those athletes. CCMH doesn't have access to that, but there's Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph. Um, I believe, I think it was Guelph, Wellington uh, Hospice. I did quite a few rotations there um, just because I thoroughly enjoyed it and I was looking at getting into that line of work anyway. Uh, there was a lot more, uh, they did a lot with the MS Society as well that I 
don't believe Humber did. Mm-hmm. But with CCMH, they could go to smaller places, to smaller chapters, and you're not worrying about placing 75 students right. you know, all at once. They tended to be smaller classes until you got to later cohort, but that was a nightmare all on its own. It was a little bit easier, and they were more flexible with the time. It wasn't like Humber, where from, I'll say, noon to four... You have to be in this place to do this thing. Uh, at CCMH, it's like, okay, some of these are weekends only. Uh, some of these are going to run in the morning, some are in the afternoon, some are on holidays. There is a little bit more flexibility, but you also don't have the guarantee. You're basically comparing apples and kiwis. I like kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like a fuzzy fruit? Right. Um, is there anything else that we want to talk to Jane about? I don't know. This is This has been interesting because it's been uh, at least a little bit of a more lighthearted under the sheets episode. They can get pretty heavy, but it's very impressive to me that after roadblock, after roadblock, after roadblock, it took you a little bit of time, but you finished school. You were successful on the first try of your exams and you're working in the type of environment that you wanted to be working in. I think that was why I wanted to get you in here in the first place. I'm like, you, you know, there's... I, I think I even said to you that night, I think I would have just gave up. Like, I think the pigs would have been the end of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> they were just cute and you had to sit there and laugh and think, how much bacon is running across the road? <laughs> That's right. That was a prison break for those pigs. Uh, well, the rate I'm going, I'm going to be beating things up with a cane and or a walker. I'm going to be like the next Rambo. Mm. You see the new Rambo movie that's coming out? I have not. i like Rambo and the herniated desk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I think Stallone is doing an excellent job, and I'm probably going to go see it anyway, just because. But it's what, like Rambo 15? I don't know. I stopped after I stopped after the first Rambo, which was First Blood Part 2. Like, that's when I stopped. I'm like, I'm out. It was good <laughs> enough. I'm out. Don't look at me. This is like Star Trek. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's okay. I sound like I was horribly sheltered, but uh, before we end this, I'll let everybody know, Mark never watched any Disney movies as a kid, so who was really sheltered? I'm a boy. I don't know. I feel like little boys don't really care about Little Mermaid. Or Cinderella, <laughs> or whatever fucking other. The Journey of Mighty Gan. It had a wolf in it. Is that recent? Is that more recent? Is oh, that, like, that is not. I was a kid when I, I have came no out. Idea. My my family's not Disney people. We're not Disney people. I grew, my mom was like Disney nut job, yeah, and my dad would just buy a movie to shut me up. This is back when VHSs were a thing, hmm. and they were hundred bucks each. So long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and he bought me the journey of Natty Gang because I had a wolf in it and I have always been a dog nut. The ending was sad and I cried my eyes out and only watched it once. So yeah, sorry, dad. <laughs> uh, we never were. We weren't a Disney family. I guess we were. I watched all of them. We watched Bambi and Dumbo and Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland and 101 Dalmatians you know and my, Aladdin. You know and, my like, folks. I, I watched them all. Do my folks look like Disney people to you? I don't know. Whenever I go over to your parents' house, they're only watching baseball. I assume they watch nothing but baseball and Maybe so you think you can dance. There you go. <laughs> Nothing. There's no Disney going on. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up because uh, Jane has to drive quite a ways back. It's after rush hour. Life is good. Yay. <laughs> we did it. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing all of this fairly personal information. Oh, thank you but, for having um, me. I appreciate I think it. It's, I think it's rather inspiring. Yeah. There's easier things to do in life. <laughs> and your dry sense of humor both fascinates me and scares me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.